Hello, welcome to episode six of Design, Build, Test, Repeat. I'm your host, Mike Kivakoski. I'm Eric Bailey. And today with us, we have special guest, Paul Demers. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> hey, Paul. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> Can you give uh, listeners, who are you? What do you do? The, what's your elevator speech? Sure. I'm Paul Demers. I'm Demers Designs. Pretty much everywhere. I'm a experienced designer here at Cantina, and I uh, like to ride bikes and play the drums. Excellent. Paul also has a really cool dog. <laughs> what kind of dog? I have a Lab Shepherd that is a tripod. So he's only got he's got one front leg, and he's missing the other one. And he's uh, he's been published in a book, and. Uh, yeah, he's uh he's kind of awesome. Oh my god, so you, you have like a semi-famous dog. Yeah, no yeah, he was uh he's in a book called The Black Dogs Project. Basically, there's a photographer that uh donates his time taking photos at uh shelters uh to take pictures of black dogs cuz they don't really photograph well and uh he got a book deal. So, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he called and I responded. <laughs> that that's awesome. That's awesome. And although it's great, I don't think we have you on the show to talk all about your dog for the next half hour. Or, do we, or do we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise. So I actually, I wanted to pick your brain for a minute. You just released, is it your first sketch plugin? Yes, my very first. What is it? Um, so I, I sort of am scratching my own itch here a little bit. I've been playing around a lot with coming up with the best approach to building uh, style guides and sketch to work with other designers uh, before anything gets into code. And one of the things I always end up doing is making a bunch of um, color chips for you know the palette. And I wanna make those into symbols. And the only way to do that currently is to select each one individually in sketch and to create symbol. If you select a bunch of stuff at once, um, it just assumes that you want all of that stuff to be one symbol. So instead of doing that and spending the extra three minutes per project to um, do that, I spent two days <laughs> um, figuring out how to write a sketch plugin called Sketch Batch Create Symbols, which I know rolls right off the tongue. Uh, but basically, it looks at all of the items you've selected. So if you selected like a couple text layers and a couple of groups and a couple of other things, um, when you run that plugin, it takes every individual item and creates a symbol out of it. And you can either use the, the layer names that already exist, or um, there's another feature that allows you to sort of enter in a, a custom name um, and it will name all of the symbols, the same name that you give it, like a, a number after it, each one. So uh, it's really useful for me. Um, I'm hoping that <laughs> somebody else finds it useful as well. Yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of developing it and then I guess releasing it because there's this strange like meta sketch community that has, has all the, like the package managers and the who's who and the what's what. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's, you know, sketch plugins are written in CocoScript, which I had never touched before and didn't really know anything about. Um, essentially, it's it's a mix between Cocoa, which is what um, is used to write uh, Mac apps, Mac OS apps, and uh, JavaScript. So you can sort of blend the two together and even uh, line by line, you can mix 
Cocoa script with JavaScript, which is that's an unholy union. Super yeah. weird. And I basically just did, you know, the great thing about all of the sketch plugins is they're mostly on GitHub. So I went through the defaults, you know, this is how you should approach writing plugins on the sketch developers page, which was mildly helpful. And then I just started searching on GitHub for, you know, plugins that, you know, I know that I need to select layers and I know that I need to rename them. And then I know I need to like create symbols. So what plugins can I find that do all of those things individually? And then how can I just plug it all in together and figure out how to uh, get it working? It is interesting in that there's an old API for sketch plugins and a new API for sketch plugins. And I sort of mixed the two together um, and then threw some Cocoa script in there for good measure. So I'm sure <laughs> that the purists will look at the code and try and uh, figure out what the hell's going on, but um, it, it works. So that's a start. And then it's sort of the wild west when it comes to releasing plugins. Um, you know, I just, I put it up on GitHub and then I reached out to, you know, Designer News and put it on Twitter and a couple other places. And um, I had somebody from Sketchpacks reach out to me, which Sketchpacks is a package manager for Sketch plugins. It's similar to like Sketch Toolbox, um, but it automatically versions your plugins and it provides a little bit of an ecosystem for the plugin developer as well, which is super interesting. But the founder of that project reached out to me to put the plugin on into Sketchpacks, which that was my first feature request that I've ever had in a GitHub repo that I've done. So that was pretty exciting. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting place. Um, now that I feel like I have the basics, I'm starting to try and brainstorm some other plugins that I can write and think of. That's awesome. So, so you plan on, do you have ideas for like your next plugin or are you still kind of in like the early phase? Like this one's out the door basking in the glory, if you will. And now, <laughs> and now you want to make more. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still basking in the glory, right? But, um, <laughs> um, no, I do. I would like to write sort of again to scratch my own itch. I'm frequently creating these color palettes um, where I, I'm basically creating a square with the color and then I give it a, a name and then the hex and the RGB values. And that ends up just as part of the style guide layer or style guide page. And I think my next plugin might be uh, being able to type in, you know, a comma separated list of um, hex colors and maybe names and then have it automatically generate, you know, the RGB and, you know, the, basically the layer stack that I would normally have to create by hand. So there's a kind of an interesting thing that you kind of buried the lead there. So let's talk about the style guide page, <laughs> because I think for some of our listeners, they might be going, wait, what? Sketch only has a symbols page. What, what is this madness? So I've been working, uh, you know, there's a ton of talk and a ton of um, really good writing on um, code-based style guides and, and pattern libraries. I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure out a really good approach to creating that same thing, um, but before you get into code. So how do we collaborate as designers on a sketch project in a way that allows you to not only build out common components and 
you know, using nested symbols. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on, you know, how do we change the color of buttons with nested symbols and a lot of, um, a lot of workflow around what a good approach could be to that collaboration. Um, a lot of times projects, I'm, I'm working with somebody else and we do the whole, hey, do you have that file open? Can you close it? I need to add a couple of things. Um, or you get the autosave madness, which is somebody has the file open in the background, sketches. Sitting there churning. Yeah. Right, sketches trying to help by autosaving every two seconds and <laughs> you're overwriting any work that you're actually doing. So. And sort of in the beginning stages of trying to come up with a good um, approach to all of that that I can hopefully share out and get some um, feedback on. So another another kind of interesting um, note on that is uh, Sketch is in the process of updating its file format, which I also know Paul has been playing around with. Same way browsers have sort of the... the Canary, you know, Chrome Canary and the Firefox Developer Edition, where you get, you know, half-baked, kind of still working on features. Uh, Paul has been playing around with the, is it Sketch Beta? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. It's, um, I don't think it ever made it to my applications folder. I think it's just sitting in my, oh, in my download. It's not in the big leaks. <laughs> <laughs> So an interesting thing I've noticed uh, from watching him kind of play around with it, uh, we had a meeting last week where he was sort of walking through, is some of the things he's been discussing are captured programmatically in the file format. So as opposed to the illustrators and the photoshops of the world where the file format is kind of this big impenetrable uh, mess, you're getting some of these values captured in little JSON-y strings. And that's really exciting because I think there's going to be a lot of very interesting kind of manip manipulation you can do, not only inside of Sketch itself, but with other third-party uh, programs and possibly even websites. Um, you know, Paul, do you think like you're going to be messing around with anything there? Um, I hope so. I, I was able to, so it's literally just called Sketch Beta um, and it's the beta version of Sketch 43. And I was able to open a sample. I just created a, a dummy file and opened it up in Sketch Beta and then just hit save. And that basically converts it to that new file format. Um, I was reading around online to try and figure out how to actually see the internals of that file. And the way that you do it is you change the extension to zip and then you extract it. <laughs> and so then you actually can open it in like Atom or text editor of choice. And um, I started rooting around in there and it's, it's all just a series of JSON files uh, with all of the information about layers and colors and fonts. Um, so it's, it's really interesting that they're opening it up and it'll be interesting to see what, what people can do with it. The only problem I have now, <laughs> and again, beta, but um, once you create the zip and you extract it, you can't just rename it to sketch and open it again. So can't put the GD back in the bottle. Yeah. Funny, it reminds me of my like hacker script kitty days where I'd like rename a file to .txt and then just like <laughs> change stuff around to see what broke. Yeah, totally. Um, it, that's that's the point where it's at right now. Yeah, um, it's also kind of like there's like a weird full circle thing because like I don't know if you remember in the early early versions um, they changed the format because of this issue. Like you try to commit it to Git and it would commit as a series of folders containing right you know specific objects. So it seems like they're kind of coming back around to that method of thinking, but with less disastrous like version <laughs> control. Yeah, I mean that's sort of the 
the issue that we were running into, right, with version controlling sketch files, is, it's just always been an issue. And it, it sort of points back to the whole collaborating on a project with other designers in the sketch ecosystem. It's, it's not quite ready yet. Yeah. And I mean, I have been fortunate enough to work with some of Paul's some of Paul's theory applied to practice, and it's been a dream. Um, just there's a lot of kind of structural thinking there that like scratches my very like fastidious itch, and it's been just wonderful to be able to not have to worry about how to rebuild components and just change the colors on the fly, um, and then being able to like actually use symbols the way they're intended, which is change one thing and everything updates, as opposed to the reality, typically, which is change one thing they go track down the 12 exceptions that don't update anymore um, <laughs> not not that i speak from experience or anything <laughs> is any of this workflow do we have this or i guess paul rather do you have any of this documented anywhere is it written down anywhere do we have any blog posts for this are you kivakoskiing him i think i think <laughs> i just found the next blog post for the cantina site yeah so i am i'm working on uh getting this into a blog post. Um, the problem is I'm not quite, I'm not quite at a point where I found the, the, um, magic ticket yet. So, um, once I do, we'll definitely have a blog post in order. <laughs> Boys, and, um, show up at your door with a baseball bat. <laughs> That's what's up. That's my role. That's what I do. It would be, I mean, in, in my opinion, because I'm not the one investigating it or writing about it, It'd be nice to see like a series of blog posts, like how you're investigating this stuff. So I can kind of like track along like, oh, these are, you know, because I haven't touched Sketch since like August. My past project has been all development. So I'm curious to see like what you're doing, how you're doing it and like what your train of thought is throughout this entire process. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to start documenting some of it, just some of the discovery stuff. Um, I do have a a sample sort of style guide file that I've been working with to do some of the research. Um, and for some reason I've been on this eighties kick lately. So it's all Miami vice themed. So it's all um, <laughs> like a bunch of pastels and, um, you know, a bunch of Rubik's cubes and fast cars and things. So we'll definitely have to get that shared out. That's awesome. And you're, um, going back to your sketch plugin that's on GitHub. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's oh, on GitHub. Um, and you can use, um, like I mentioned, there's sketch packs, um, which you can download and that allows you to just do a search for it and, um, one click install. Oh, wow. But it's yeah. super easy to do it from, if you just download the, the repo and double click on the, uh, plugin, it'll work yeah. that way too. And we'll link to the repo and to sketch packs, uh, on the site at dbtr.fm. But uh, you're already integrated with Sketchpacks. I mean, that feature request showed up, what, like last Thursday, Friday? Yeah, it, it was pretty quick. The founder of that project is is really uh, doing some cool stuff. And he's he's very responsive to, um, you know, some of the, when the new plugins come out, uh, he's definitely reaching out to people. And um, he's definitely responding a lot to, um, you know, filed bugs and things. So awesome. um, I'm, I'm excited to see where that project goes. That's awesome. So um, speaking of uh, projects and kind of managing them, um, Paul, myself, and uh, Alicia just recently hosted a uh, CodePen meetup 
here at Cantina. Um, and it was the first, hopefully, of many. Uh, we have another one scheduled in two months' time. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, we're going to be hacking on CSS Grid, which is a spiffy new uh, CSS feature that lets you lay out pages real good and uh, makes you jealous if you ever... <laughs> If you ever spend time banging your head trying to get floats to work, uh, it, it makes you feel like you've just wasted years of your life. So it's great, and I love it, and I hate <laughs> it. Um, but more to the point, uh, Paul demoed CodePen Projects, which is a really cool new feature that um, I think has a lot of power. Uh, Paul, do you want to kind of give us the, the lowdown on that? Yeah, so it was, it was interesting because I was scrambling to put something together for, for the meetup just in case. Um, the presentations were, were uh, light, and uh, luckily CodePen Projects came out like two days before the meetup, so um, I automatically had something to talk about. But basically, I've spent a bunch of time in CodePen um, sort of using it for things it probably wasn't originally meant for. So filling up the assets panel with, you know, hot-linked images and putting CDN.js scripts in there and doing all sorts of things that... You know, I was just a little bit too lazy to fire up a, a local. Yeah, um, you're, you're not alone for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, so I think they they clearly um, felt that there was a gap. And it's CodePen Projects is essentially an, an IDE um, using all of the existing CodePen functionality. Um, but you can really just put in an entire folder structure just by drag and drop. Uh, you can create new uh, files within and it gives you a, a live preview just like a regular CodePen would. And the thing that's really interesting to me about it is you don't have to tell it, you know, I want SCSS, I want, um, you know, Jade or Pug as they're calling it now, uh, any of that pre-processing stuff. Um, that in a regular code pen you have to sort of turn on. Um, code pen projects just looks at the file extension and automatically parses it and does what it needs to. Yeah, which is like to me, it's another one of those like great things that just code pen did out of the box. Um, it's interesting because it's like kind of this new wave of editors. There's also a glitch mm, which just yep. came out, which is kind of the industrial strength version of that. But it's kind of taking this whole like configuration layer and just abstracting it away. So you don't have to worry about like making a perfect build script that handles everything, which is interesting to me because it lets you focus on like it, it lets you focus on the thing that actually matters, which is the, the product as opposed to all the clever dev things to get the project up and running. Yeah, I think this in in context with using something like CDNJS where, you know, I just a lot of um, sort of research into, hey, what what grid framework should I use on this project? Oh, I, you know, somebody told me about this new one and I can just go to CDNJS, grab it, throw it into a CodePen project and, you know, start playing around without having to really fire up any anything locally, which there's definitely, you know, I think it's, it's pretty full-fledged at this point. You can do um, deployments and you can actually eventually, I don't think it's live yet, but you'll be able to point a domain name at a deployed site, which yeah. is pretty insane. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> we've come a long way since FTP, basically. <laughs> yeah. I actually have an old client project that is still an old version of WordPress, and I, I use FTP to update it once a year, and it's, <laughs> it's laughable that that used to be the, the norm. Yeah. Um, With a CodePen project, like that was a, I think that's a good use case that you brought up, Paul, about like if you're trying out a new 
grid system or a new CSS library being able to just pull it in. Does the CodePen projects, can you pull in like a JSON file or is it like still like static content markup wise? Do you know? Um, I mean, I think in the, in the JavaScript uh, panel, you can add external um, sources. Yeah. I have been bitten by the, um, you know, obviously it's a sandbox. So like they're going to have some sandboxy protections. I have been bitten by the, the thing you're trying to do looks like something nefarious. Right. Yeah. Thing before, <laughs> but that's, you know, for, for, for code pen people listening, uh, I'm, I'm on the straight and narrow. I haven't been trying to do anything illegal <laughs> or unsavory. Um, it's, it was more just like, you know, honestly, like working with the console and like trying to do things there and then breaking things and figuring out exactly how much rope they give you to hang yourself with. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did get to the point the other day where I, I was just logging out a couple of things using the, the console that they have built in. And it gave me the message of, hey, whoa, they're a tough guy. There's a, you're trying to return a couple too many things here. Use the real console. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I asked that question because you know I've run into uh, UI development things like I just can't figure out or I need like that rubber duck approach. And the current project I'm on, we're using Angular 2. And so we have the translate JSON files that have all our content. So I was just trying to selfishly see if I could, you know, dump my HTML, my SAS, and then the translate <laughs> JSON into CodePen. And it'd be like, hey, Paul or Eric, what's up? How do I, how do I fix this? <laughs> well, I think if you, if you have the JSON as, a, as something that you can just cut and paste into the JavaScript panel, um, then I think that should work fine. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's just JSON. It's not going to be, like, updating or doing anything crazy. But I don't know. We could, we could play. There's nothing wrong with. And then maybe we could anonymize it and put it on CodePen and then share it on the show notes. <laughs> oh, that'd be rad. Oh. Way, way, way to Kimikoski, me. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? Thanks, bud. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, going back to uh, to the CodePen meetup, how did how did that go? Was there a decent amount of people? So Cantina is yeah. based in Boston as well. Yeah, we're right by uh, Fort, we're right by uh, the Children's Museum in the Fort Point. So you know, I might be a little biased here, but I think it, it was a really good showing for the first showing. Uh, we also had to move it back a week because of the weather, and like I tried to walk that line between spamming and you know actually making sure the message got through, and I guess it worked because nobody showed up on the day that it was originally scheduled for. Um, <laughs> Which is nice. Uh, and then, you know, more to the point, we had about 20 people show up. I think I mentioned almost everybody presented, uh, which is great. You know, there's a little of that initial like hesitance, but I think that's just natural. And then it was really cool because the more that people went up, the more comfortable people got up and sharing. We had people kind of demonstrating stuff that wasn't even on CodePen per se, but in the spirit of it, where it's just interesting web experiments. You know, the other thing that I thought was really nice is we had people showing things that weren't necessarily theirs, but things they thought were interesting and um, unpacking how it worked. And uh, which I think is great because, you know, we're all very busy. So you may not necessarily have time to hack around on this stuff, but it doesn't mean you're not aware of it. Um, so I was, I was really happy. I think the next session is going to be more of a working session. So we're going to probably break into little groups and work with CSS grid just to kind of familiarize with ourselves with the con, you know, 
the um, the concept and the syntax. And I still think the ability to ask stupid questions in a friendly environment is a very, very, very undervaluated thing. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of hoping to provide that kind of atmosphere where you can just be like, what's up with this? And people can work together to solve it. I definitely have a lot of stupid um, questions to ask about CSS Grid. So hopefully there are people there that um, know a lot more than I do about it. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what was it? Was it yesterday that Edge, uh, Microsoft Edge, said that they're working on implementing it as well? So yeah. it, it'll be here for all the browsers, hopefully soon. Which it makes me nerd mad because I just updated my build script to exclude uh, auto prefix <laughs> auto prefixing Microsoft on Grid, and then I was like, "Oh come on!" <laughs> they knew, man. You're, you're probably the only person that was mad about that yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad about a lot of things. That's my secret cap. And um, CSS Grids, though, it showed up. We've been talking about it for a while, but it seems like support for it showed up like pretty quickly. Like Firefox was what, like three weeks ago? Yeah, it's, um, I know Jen Simmons has been just tracking that, you know, she's, she's made it her own and rightly so. And I think the only remainder is Opera Mini, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Everything else is just like either implemented or to be implemented this year. That's awesome. I'm gonna, yeah. gonna miss the old floats. <laughs> Will you no, really? No, 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 I won't. Not at all. Uh, I think <laughs> not, the really cool thing about Grid is, you know, I, at first I was, I was shaking my fist and saying, wait, I, I feel like I just started to get to a point with Flexbox where I didn't have to look things up every time. And then I was like, wait, now I have to learn grid. This is ridiculous. Why are we moving away from something that's so new? But the cool thing, you know, obviously you can use uh, CSS grid with Flexbox and it, they play really well together. Um, and you know, once I did like five minutes of reading and found that out, I, I was done shaking fist. Yeah. <laughs> it's also funny just how it's rolled out. Cause I mean, it was originally Microsoft's baby, so it's been there for forever. Um, just not in the form that we now know, but like, I remember when Flexbox was announced and I was like, oh, that'll be cool to use in five years. And you know, five <laughs> years later I'm using it and it's weird. Um, and then Grid's just like, hey, there's Grid and PS, it's already here. And also it's really here, so you should use it. And I'm like, wait, where's the five year period of me being like, well, that'll be nice someday. Yeah, right. We're still, we're still all like bitter early mid 2000 <laughs> front end developers that are like, yeah, that's cool, but can't yeah. use it yet. You young hotshots and you're, you never knew how to clear a float. Yeah. I had to walk in the snow barefoot uphill to build my websites back in the day. We uploaded it to FTP and we liked it. We made tables, damn it. <laughs> I didn't uh, even know what tabular data was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, we're, now we're just showing our gray beards. Now we're just showing our age. But I mean, I am optimistic. Like, I think it was a really smart move to um, move away from big monolithic versions and to start rolling out individual CSS modules. So, you know, Grid would be a module, you know, new media queries would be a module, uh, the new color functions are a module. So instead of waiting, you know, years and years and years, and then having to read pages upon pages of either W3C documentation, which is dense, <laughs> or the roundups of the, you know, the brave souls that translate it for us mere mortals, um, you know, instead it's, it's, it's letting you kind of focus on one thing as, as it shapes up and is released and you can kind of give it the attention it deserves. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. The small tangible chunks of information are much easier to digest 
And it's probably yeah. easier to implement than to be like, hey, here's 30 new things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just remembering like your uh, your selector talk and like a lot of that was buried in CSS3. And if you weren't paying yeah. attention or you if you were just like super excited for rounded borders, it may have not, you may have never found those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've spent a lot of time on uh, can I use .com just looking at the different uh, support for all the things that I want to use. And luckily, a lot of the stuff that I've been working on lately, code wise, has been prototype level. So I can use a lot <laughs> just, of that yeah. stuff and not worry about it. But I don't um, know. It works on my machine. Yeah, it works fine. <laughs> Whatever. Classic, classic designer, just prototyping stuff we can't build. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, can I use though? That's a great resource. I don't know if we've actually talked about it, but is it can I use dot org? Um, uh, doc, they got the dot com. Dot yeah. com. Can I use dot com? We'll link to it. But you could basically put in any you know CSS uh, feature, if you will, and it will tell you all the different browsers and all the versions going back years of what supports it and what doesn't. So you know you can. You can easily see like what's going to work and what won't work and what you'll either have to polyfill or you just assume is fine or you have tested that's fine not to show to the users of that browser. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking again of unsung heroes, you know, whoever runs that is. God, godsend. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're ever in Boston, come to a CodePen meetup. We'll give you some free pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I mean, the great thing about Can I Use uh, beyond the, the browser support stuff is that, you know, it actually tells you, you know, why it's not supported and how to get around, you know, does it need a feature flag? Does it need, you know, is it just legitimately not supported? Um, and then it has links to resources on, you know, how to, how to use it if you really want to use it or, um, you know, when it may or may not be implemented in your browser of choice. So it's, it's definitely a really exhaustive resource that um, definitely beats reading the W3C uh, documentation. Yeah. Also, it centralizes it, which is nice because before, you know, I guess we're, we're getting back into Greybeard territory, but you'd have to conduct these exhaustive searches. And I think there's this effect where, you know, the, the more people know to use this service, the more people contribute to this service. So the more people can benefit from this service. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot better than wasting a week searching Stack Overflow for a problem literally no one else has ever encountered before. <laughs> 100%. I, th I was going to say, I think um, the modernizer library that basically you can put in and it allows you to um, understand better what features are supported by certain browsers and which ones aren't. I believe that runs off of can I use or, yeah. or vice versa. So they're, they're tied together in a way that, you know, when something, I think it's the opposite way. I think when can I use um, flag something is, you know, ready for development or ready for use in a browser version, it actually um, modernizer updates so that the uh, the plugin will, you know, be in sync. It's actually pretty pretty nice. That's awesome. I didn't I really explain that very well, but <laughs> computer yeah, magic. Yeah, I got I got you. We got your drift. We we know what you're. We're picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, thank you for coming in. We really appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you back because yeah. there's there's more to you than CodePen and Sketch. I know. I know. <laughs> Is <for sure>. there though? <laughs> 
Well, there's the dogs. Yeah, there's the dogs. Do dog episode. We can do that. Yeah. In, in the future, next episode, Paul's dog. Yep. Yes. It'll be a lot of silence and some tail wagging noises, and that's about it. Maybe a fart here and there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us at dbtr.fm. I'm Mike Kivakoski. I'm Eric Bailey. I'm Paul DeRose. And we'll see you next time.